Everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? Each week, we dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio. Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. An epic show planned for you this week. In our next segment, it's the Sports Business Radio headlines of the week. In segment three, quite possibly the best sound bite in all of sports. Charles Barkley, NBA Hall of Famer, TNT analyst, caught up with him this week. We talked about the NBA lockout. We talked about Shaq coming to TNT. And we talked about Charles's deteriorating relationship with Tiger Woods. You're not going to want to miss my conversation with Charles Barkley. That's coming up in segment three. In segment four, Kyrie Irving, the number one pick in the 2011 NBA draft, newest member of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He joins me. What's he up to during the lockout? How's his foot? He just signed a new deal with Nike. He'll tell us all about that. That's all coming up with Kyrie Irving of the Cleveland Cavaliers, number one pick in the 2011 NBA draft. That's in segment four. A couple of other notes. Visit my Sports Business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. I'm on Twitter. Follow me at SB Radio. Greg's two. Fantastic interviews coming up. Yeah, looking forward to the show. There's some great audio and a lot of fun with Charles, and Kyrie's great too. It's, it's a great show. Stick around for sure. Coming up in headlines, David Stern, commissioner of the NBA, says he's going to take a dollar during the lockout. I'll tell you why that is a farce. I've got proof. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This is SBR. Back with more after this. It's the age of new media and citizen journalism. Everyone with a smartphone and a flip cam is a reporter and everything is on the record. I'm Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio, and I team with former Nike executive Lee Weinstein to form media training company Everything is on the Record. With a combined 40 years of experience dealing with the media and helping our clients craft authentic messages, we'll help you navigate the tricky media landscape that exists today. Everything is on the Record has provided media training to pro and college athletes, coaches and executives, as well as to government leaders and CEOs. We'll teach you how to break through the clutter with your messages, and we'll also assist you when you find yourself in crises. It's time for an innovative new approach to media training that best fits the world we live in today. For more information about Everything is on the Record, visit us online at everythingisontherecord.com. Contact us today to learn more about our innovative approach to media training and how we can meet your specific needs. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at everythingisontherecord.com. 
It's time, baby. Special news bulletin. At Sports Business Radio, we're always on top of what's happening in the world of sports. And each week, we break down the stories you need to know about. This is Headlines. I want to be in the headlines. On Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. Headline number one, if you're a fan of the NBA and you're hoping to see basketball this year, this week was not a good week for you. The NBA owners have filed a lawsuit against the players. And basically what this is about is trying to get litigation into the courtroom that they want. So the players have talked about decertifying Griggs. And you remember the NFL players decertified, and that threw things into litigation. And I think, ultimately, decertification was the nuclear option for the NFL players, and it got them to an even playing field with the owners. This is the NBA owners this week saying, we want to have the first strike. We don't want NBA players to decertify, so we're going to file a lawsuit against the players, get this into the courtroom we wanted in, and hopefully nicks any thoughts of the players decertifying. Yeah, it's not a good way to start. I mean, we were kind of waiting for the first move because it was kind of lay low, lay low, lay low, and then the first stab here is a lawsuit. Not a good start to get things going. And it comes the day after there were some meetings between the owners and the players. Those didn't go well. David Stern saying things like uh, the players aren't negotiating in good faith, they don't get it, things of that nature. And then Billy Hunter coming back with rhetoric of his own, but the two sides, essentially $800 million per year apart. So billions of dollars apart, this isn't going to get solved anytime soon. As a side note here, David Stern, during one of his press conferences this week, said that he'll be taking a dollar or maybe even no money during the lockout. I laughed when I heard that, and here's why. If you remember with the NFL lockout, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said, I'm going to take a dollar during the lockout. DeMora Smith also said he was going to take a, a cut in pay. Well, guess what? As soon as the lockout was done, and it lasted 136 days, Roger Goodell was repaid money lost from that 136 days. DeMora Smith was repaid his money lost from that 136 days. So all these guys are doing is saying, oh, look at me, I'm working for free. But the lockout's done, they're paying themselves back retroactively. That's what Stern's going to do too. Yeah, it's just a mess. I mean, it's just that front, oh, look how nice he's being. He's being such a good guy and, and taking a, you know taking one for the team. And then you get the back with interest probably. <laughs> well, Goodell makes $10 million a year reportedly. So he's going to receive approximately $3.7 million in back pay. Demore Smith makes $1.8 million annually. He's receiving $670,000 in back pay. So whatever it turns out being for David Stern, and you know there are people that say he makes $9 million, a year. There are other people that say he makes $23 million a That's year. That's what I heard, 23 Well, all I know is he's been commissioner a long time. Yeah. He's a pretty smart guy. He's a lawyer. He seems pretty frugal. I'm sure he's got millions in the bank. So however long this lockout lasts, he's not going to miss any meals or, or lose his house. Yeah, it's just, uh, there's so much money involved, and, and these guys are just, it, it comes down to that almighty dollar. You know, the greed, and they have to get their money back. Even if they're making $23 million a year, they still got to get there, you know whatever it is, half a million or a million that they lose, quote-unquote. 
Our next headline, Carl Edwards, NASCAR driver, one of the most popular, successful drivers. He's been with Roush Fenway Racing. Well, he basically has been a free agent this season, and it looked like he was going to go to Joe Gibbs Racing. Not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso would say. He's staying with Roush Fenway. Reports are he's going to make $40 million for staying with Roush Fenway Racing. Griggs, who says NASCAR drivers don't make a ton of cash? That is crazy. $40 million to drive a car at 200 miles an hour. Not a bad gig, other than you might get killed when you race. But other than that, (laughs) not bad. $40 million, I'll take it. Not bad at all. Um, Our next headline, this is an interesting one. We remember how Hope Solo, cover of Sports Illustrated, very attractive. She's got a deal with Nike. She's getting more and more endorsement deals. Uh, She was part of the race last weekend. Um, The Brickyard 400, I believe it is, she drove the pace car. Well, she's got a new deal with Gatorade. Griggs, are you going to go out and buy some Gatorade now that Hope Solo is uh, in the mix there? She signed a multi-year endorsement deal with them. Only if, sure, her picture's on the bottle, then I might go get it. She's an attractive woman. You know, nothing, uh, this just helped her. This year has been a big year for her, but the, uh, the World Cup just extremely helped her. Because everybody was watching that, everybody got excited about it, and you know the goalie in a soccer game is definitely a feature, uh, no matter you know good looking or not good looking, and she's got that going for her. So, so she's going to make low six figures annually as part of this deal, and you know if you look at it, remember back in the day, Mia Hamm had to deal with Gatorade. So it's been a while since Gatorade has had a prominent female athlete in the fold. I think it's a smart signing for them. Yeah, I think it's good for Gatorade and obviously good for um, for Hope. So, yeah, good good all the way around. And, and guys like it, girls like her, and uh, I think they'll sell a lot of Gatorade because she's got her name on there. How about this? Our next headline, Versus, changes its name again. They were the Outdoor Life Network. Then they go to Versus. Now they're going to be NBC Sports television or something like that, something with NBC Is Sports. Is there a universal in there? I think it might be something universal. I don't NBC. know. I mean, I, I can't know. keep up with all their name changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. I don't know why they keep doing that either. I mean, I personally, the Outdoor Life Channel was kind of cool because it was all the hunting stuff, and then they switched to hockey and got all that and changed to versus and football, and now what are they going to do? NBC, maybe they'll have more Olympic coverage and all that stuff going for them. I don't know. Other TV news this week. Charter Communications has signed a deal to carry the NFL Network and the league's Red Zone channel. The move is a big deal for the NFL Network, which has grown to about 57 million homes at a reported cost of $0.81 cents a subscriber a month. This is according to SNL Financial. So if you remember when the NFL Network debuted, one of the big problems for the network is they weren't getting deals with Time Warner, Charter, Cablevision. So people said, hey, this is a great network, and I love the NFL Network, as I said a few weeks ago when we had Rich Eisen on. But a lot of people couldn't see the network. This deal helps the network get more Visibility, 57 million homes now. Yeah, it's a great move for them. And that Red Zone channel is by far my favorite channel during the season. I had that last year for the first time I enjoyed it, and it was phenomenal. I love it. You know, seeing all the highlights and going from here to here and here, and you're seeing every game, you're seeing clips of every game. It's, uh, it's like a sports center on steroids. I mean, it was great. Great channel. No, it is. I mean, look, going to an NFL game is a fantastic experience. You can't replace it. But with HDTV now and the Red Zone channel, and especially if you're trying to watch your fantasy football team, by the way, I don't have an NFL fantasy football team, but if you did, why would you leave the... I mean, you've got HD, 
The red zone. I mean, you can follow numerous games simultaneously. It's become a real pleasure for someone to sit in their living room or their home theater and watch an NFL game. And then you throw the iPad out there and you got apps that are going crazy. You're right. The, the NFL apps are going to be just awesome this year, I think. I just have a feeling they're going to get. there's going to be new ones. They're going to be more advanced. You can get stats down to the second when stuff's happening. It's just a phenomenal experience just sitting on your couch. Our next headline Nassau County voters reject a financing plan for a new Islanders arena. I had several people email me this week saying, hey, you got to talk about that on the show. But basically, they rejected a plan to borrow up to $400 million for a new Islanders arena and minor league ballpark. Uh, The owner of the Islanders, Charles Wang, said, I have to tell you, I'm disappointed. And to put it very bluntly, I'm heartbroken. I have to tell you, it's a very emotional day for us. So Wang says the team is going to continue to play where it's playing now. 39-year-old Nassau Coliseum, their lease expires in 2015. But, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the Islanders and you wanted a new arena for your team so they didn't have to play in the 39-year-old dump anymore, uh, not a good week for you. Yeah, it's one of those stories I kind of thought might have actually gotten done just because New York's such a big market and there's so many, so many people involved in that that uh, you know arena project and that team that I thought it might have got done, but you know I don't know. I'm not a. I haven't been to New York. I haven't been to that uh, stadium. So to me, I, it's not really a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> but it is to the people but it there. Is, it is to the people there. Yes. And 39 years old, I mean, there's not too many teams playing in 39-year-old venues right now. As a matter of fact, I would bet right now that in the United States, that's the oldest venue as far as Mm -hmm. um, a a venue that hasn't been remodeled that a team is playing in. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, even the Yankees aren't playing in Yankee Stadium anymore. Yeah, right. (laughs) Our next headline, Danica Patrick is in the final stages of a deal to run a full-time nationwide series schedule with JR Motorsports in limited Sprint Cup Series races. We knew this was going to happen, didn't we? I mean, you know, she's raced IndyCar for a while, but NASCAR is where it's at. That's where the eyeballs are. That's where the best drivers are. And it only makes sense that her sponsors and that, you know, Danica herself would want to move to NASCAR, don't you think? Yeah, why not? More exposure. It, like you said, it's definitely what people are, are into. You don't hear much about Indy, or not, not as much. There's actually, you know, shows and features on NASCAR, so a lot more exposure for her. And, you know, she's been racing pretty decently lately, too, so I think it's going to help her, uh, you know, get some more endorsements maybe, and more people are tuning in for that. She's probably going to make her debut at the 2012 Daytona 500, which that'll be a media frenzy in itself with, you know, we've seen what kind of a frenzy she causes at the Indy 500. Um, Another story this week, Lee Naw. See, and we told you about this. She won the French Open. She's Chinese. There's a bazillion people in China that are ready to buy merchandise, as we've talked about before with Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and anyone else. But there's a report out in the London Telegraph that she signed at least $42 million worth of sponsorship deals this year. She's on board with Mercedes-Benz, Rolex, I like this one, Haagen-Dazs. We knew she was already with Nike. So she's now, check this out, the highest paid female athlete in sports. That's I mean, it used to be Maria Sharapova. Now, Lee Naw has surpassed her. Well, we've talked about, like you said on shows before, that Chinese influence is just crazy over there. I mean, the Japanese, the Chinese people, they just eat up sports. And when somebody, especially from their country, is doing good, $42 million in endorsements in, in not even a whole year, basically, it's un- unbelievable. That's a lot of money yeah. for anyone. Yeah. 
So coming up next, Charles Barkley. I think he's the best soundbite in sports. I played in the Brian Grant Celebrity Parkinson's Golf Tournament here in Oregon this week. Charles Barkley was in town for that. I had a chance to catch up with him, and boy, he didn't disappoint as far as venting and saying what was on his mind. From the NBA lockout to his new partnership with Shaq on TNT to his relationship with Tiger Woods, Charles Barkley sounded off. My conversation with Charles Barkley, NBA Hall of Famer, TNT analyst. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter. Twitter.com slash SB Radio. Now we see everything that's going wrong with the world and those who lead it. We just feel like we don't have the means to rise above and feed it. So we keep waiting, waiting, waiting on the world to change. We keep on waiting. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bowl Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, uh, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. We're back, and I promised a big guest, and here he is, none other than Charles Barkley, NBA Hall of Famer and TNT analyst. Sir Charles, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How you doing this morning? I'm doing great. What a beautiful day here in Portland, right? Well, I know you're not used to that, so don't go crazy. <laughs> I'm going to be out there at the golf course, uh, too, at Brian Grant's event, and I thank you for coming in to Portland. This is the second year in a row you've come in for this event. Yeah, I come here every year, man. Brian's such a wonderful guy, uh, you know, and I'm just glad to be a little bit part of it. He's a wonderful person. The city of Portland really roll out the red carpet when we're here, so we have a blast. Hey, you've always had a, a fondness for Portland, going back to your playing days, and then I know when you were here with the Dream Team, uh, that was a fun time for you, too, back in 92, right? Well, I've always said I think the Portland Trailblazers have had the best fans in the world. I actually tried to get straight into Portland when I tried when I was getting out of Philadelphia. I just think it's an amazing city, and uh, I love coming here. So, how's your golf game doing these days? I saw you on TV in Tahoe, and it looks like your game's gotten much better. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say my game has gotten better. You know what? I play to have fun. I get to smoke cigars, drink some beers. I mean, I'm not very good, but I'm going to have fun out here for sure. You know, Charles, one of the things about you, I used to work for the Blazers, and I saw you meeting with Make-A-Wish kids, and you've done a lot of charity quietly behind the scenes, and I don't think that gets enough publicity. You've been one of the great ambassadors, not only for the NBA, but for sports. Well, I try to always do it behind the scenes because I always tell people I'm not trying to impress anybody. Some people like you, some people don't. I always do it behind the scenes, but I appreciate the compliment. So Shaq is joining you on TNT. Uh, what's that going to be like? That seems like an interesting uh, combination, you, Kenny, and uh, and Shaq. 
Well, we, we're glad to have Shaq. Number one, he's a wonderful person. He's a great friend of mine. He's a wonderful person. But, you know, we we clearly don't know how it's going to work right now. I mean, clearly we're not working, but we don't know how it's going to work. But we thought he was too much of a great personality to not try to sign. So uh, that, that was the key. I mean, we had to sign him. We didn't clearly we didn't want him to go to the competition. We don't have no idea how it's going to work. But Shaq was just too good of a personality to turn uh, to turn down. Well, and I mean, he just retired, so he's got a really good perspective about the guys that are playing in the league right now. That's got to be helpful. Well, if his perspective is some of these guys can't play dead, he's going to be very helpful. You know, because you know, the NBA is not as good as I wish it could be. I'm not happy with all these young players coming to the NBA before they're ready. Uh, you know, we got some really good players. We got some really great players. But I wish these kids would stay in school a little bit longer. Uh, I hate young kids coming to the NBA who are not ready to play. How's the league different than when you played? I mean, it seems like guys cared a little bit more maybe than they care today, and there wasn't all this marketing and Facebook and Twitter and things like that that the guys are doing now? Well, I think, I mean, like I said, I think there's too many young players that are coming to the NBA before they're ready. Uh, I think it was much better in my day, and I know a lot of young guys don't think that, but people realize, man, players, now I think they're more concerned about marketing. Uh, they're more concerned about being on ESPN, making great plays instead of being great players. Uh, that's the biggest difference for me. Joined by Charles Barkley, NBA Hall of Famer, analyst for TNT. So Nike's here in Beaverton, Oregon, and I know you've had a long-standing relationship with them. What's your role with them, and would we ever see any commercials with you and Nike in the future? You know, Nike has been an integral part of my life. Nike has been fantastic to me. Uh, that's one of the reasons, you know, I spend a ton of time in the Portland area because of Nike. Uh, but Phil and the Phil Knight and uh, Howard White, but they're like part of my family. And I'm going to always be loyal to Nike, period, period. The I Am Not a Role Model commercial, one of my favorite commercials ever. And I thought it was just the message it sent was such a great one. Is that your favorite commercial? If not, what is? Well, I think it's probably the most important thing I've done because, you know, when I made that commercial, we knew it was going to be controversial. And I really made it for a lot of young black kids. Because, unfortunately, a lot of young black kids aren't getting that education. And they, all they think about is playing in the NBA uh, and, and, you know, this, 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 this sports thing is a big trillion-dollar business, basically. And I worry about these guys not getting their education. And they're not getting their education. And I want them to stop thinking they're going to play in the NBA and go back to school and get their education. So I'm very proud of that commercial. The other thing is on the other side of your career. I mean, you've been successful as a broadcaster. There are other people that have had good success as a business person. But, Charles, there's a lot of guys that they're broke when they're done or they're broke within a few years after they're done. How can those guys be helped? Well, number one, that's a great point. And that's one thing that I try to talk about. You know, 75% of professional athletes are broke within five years of retirement. And to be honest with you, it is because of their family and friends. You can't lend your family and friends money. That is the key. You know, you have to learn to say no. A lot of guys don't know how to say no. Uh, but you, you, you have to help them somewhat. Giving people money does not help them. You, all you become is an, 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 an enabler. You know, so you have to learn to say no. You have to invest your money wisely, and you have to save it. That's really the key.
Well, and you get hit from so many different angles. Hey, invest in this restaurant or. That's what. That's my point. You have to learn to say no. You don't have to feel bad. You don't have to feel guilty. No one's not giving you any money, and that's really hard to do. People think it's easy. They come to all your family, all your friends, all your homeboys. But you have to learn the magic world. No. We're joined by Charles Barkley, NBA Hall of Famer, TNT analyst. Just a few minutes left with him. Okay, Charles, I've heard you in several interviews say that you think the NBA lockout could potentially wipe out an entire season. Is that still what you think? Yeah, I believe that. I don't think they're going to play at all next year. I think it's really unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate for the people who work for the teams. You know, the people who work for the arena, they're going to be hurt the most. Uh, but I don't think they're going to play at all next year. And, I feel, and that's sad. That makes me sad. Uh, but I believe they're in it for the long haul. The owners are. So they'll miss the whole season because the owners want to basically come up with a whole new economic model? Or what's the reasoning behind your statement? Well, there's two reasons. Number one, I think they do want to come up with a new economic uh, situation. Uh, but also, you know, we have this thing going on now where all these young kids in the NBA want to play on the same team. That's not good for competitive balance in the NBA. That's not good for some of these small market teams. So I think that 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 that's the real that's the second reason. I mean, we do, but they do want to restructure the the, the financial situation. But they, we 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 cannot be successful as a league if all the stars want to play on the same team in the major market. That's not a good business model for the whole NBA. So would you be in favor of something like the NFL does with franchise tags where you could slap a tag on someone and they can't go to another team? Well, we're we, we going to do – I know they're trying to do something with a franchise tag, but we're going to have to do something because right now it, it, it's, it's not good. Last question for you. I know that you've been friends with Tiger Woods for a while, and he's got a new caddy, and you know he's had a lot of changes in his life in the last few years. Have you had a chance to talk to Tiger? I know you're great at helping people. You're here helping Brian Grant this weekend. Have you been able to help Tiger at all? I have not been able to help Tiger at all, and I'm, I'm concerned about Tiger. Uh, I wish him the best. He's like a brother to me, and I wish him the best, but I'm very concerned about him, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's making a lot of pretty drastic changes in his life and people that have been around him for a while. Say that again? <laughs> we call those bad decisions where I'm from. <laughs> well, Charles... You know, I, I just, you know, I, you know dude, it's, it's, I feel bad. Uh, you know, I do. I just feel bad for Tiger. Uh, he's like a brother to me. I wish him the best. He's making a lot of bad decisions, and, uh, and it's unfortunate. You've, I'm sure you've seen guys at the highest level surround themselves with people who just tell them what they want to hear, and then they get caught up in that vacuum. Well, that is actually uh, uh, it's funny. That's a great way to frame it. You know, I got to say, people always tell me, I, said, I, got, I don't have that many friends. I don't like that many people. But one of the keys to being successful is Yeah, and we all need those people in our lives who are going to be honest and upfront with us and uh, call us on our you-know-what when we're uh, out of line, right? Yeah, man, because you know what? 
it, it, you know, that's a really, really big problem, especially you in the limelight. Because, like I say, most of the people around you, they work for you. And they want you to buy the dinners all the time. They want you to buy all the drinks. They want to go to the street for you. But you have to have a group around you who are going to say, hey, you know what? What you're doing is wrong and help you make good decisions. Well, Charles, I will see you out there in a few hours. I hope you have fun on the golf course today. You like Pumpkin Ridge, don't you? I love Pumpkin Ridge, and it's beautiful. I can't wait to go out there. I mean, I'm still, I can't wait to go out there and bang it around. If you had one round of golf left, where would you play? Wow, that's a great question. I would say uh, there's a course out in, uh, in, in California called Cypress, which is part of the most, you know, Pebble Beach is scenic, but... Cypress, to me, is the most scenic golf course in the world. If I had one around the golf to play. I know what you're talking about. That is very beautiful. Hey, Charles, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. No problem, my man. Thanks for having me on. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Well, I'm dusting off my golf clubs and looking forward to enjoying the gorgeous Oregon summer weather on the golf course. Like many of you, I'm on a budget. I want to tee it up when it's convenient for my schedule, and I enjoy playing golf courses that deliver a private golf club experience. That's why I want to tell you about the Ghost Pass at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club. The Ghost Pass is Oregon's premier frequent player program that allows you to play the world-renowned Ghost Creek Golf Course for over half off of the regular greens fees. And with your Ghost Pass, you can make your tee times 14 days in advance. The Ghost Pass program sets itself apart by offering a competitive tournament program, which includes one exclusive Ghost Pass event at Witch Hollow. The Ghost Pass is available for only $150, and here's the best part. When you sign up for the Ghost Pass, you'll receive a complimentary round of golf valued at $150. So you literally can't lose when you purchase the Ghost Pass. Go online to PumpkinRidge.com and sign up for the Ghost Pass today. I'll see you on the links. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. Pleased to welcome to the show Kyrie Irving, the number one pick in the 2011 NBA draft, the newest member of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kyrie, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. So walk me through the process that led you to decide to leave Duke after one season to head to the NBA. What was that process like for you? Um, well, it was definitely a difficult one. Uh, you know, it was even harder being on campus with uh, all my teammates. And, you know, uh, none of the coaches were trying to sway me one way or another, but it was just harder being on campus, uh, you know, a campus I love so much. But um, at the end of the day, it became um, just a decision that was up to me, and I made the best decision for me and my family. So the process was hard, but I'm, I'm great. Um, I'm in the NBA now. Now, I read that you promised your dad you're going to return to Duke to get that degree. How important is it to you and to your dad to go back and finish up at Duke? 
Um, it's, it's definitely important. You know, um, I didn't come to Duke just to be a basketball player. I came to be a student athlete. Just so happens that, um, you know, my career was cut short. But, um, you know, I still have obligations academically to, um, to fulfill with my father, and that's to, that's to get my degree. Um, you know, I want to graduate with a degree here, so it's really important to me. What was it like playing for Coach K for that one season at Duke? Uh, playing for Coach K for, for one season, um, you know, it was really special for me just based on the relationship I had with him. You know, coming as a freshman and, uh, you know, leading a charge, you know, I kind of describe uh, our Duke team last year as a Ferrari when I was playing. You know, no, it couldn't be stopped. So, uh, you know, our relationship is still, still, um, you know, it's all love with Coach K. You know, you know, I love him. I love him for the rest of my life. So the NBA is in a lockout right now, unfortunately. It's got to be a weird time. What are you doing to stay active and fit for when the lockout is over and NBA basketball resumes? Uh, well, right now, um, you know, I'm resting my foot as much as I can. Um, I've, I've been uh, on hiatus for about two months. Uh, once I got drafted, uh, you know, um, I had to rest my foot even more. So right now I'm just uh, been in the weight room a lot and just swimming a lot just to stay in shape. So that's just my regimen. You know, I just get shots up every once in a while, and I'm um, going to try to stay fit by swimming. You're a guy whose game is based on speed. Um you look great in that game versus Arizona. You had 28 points. Do you feel like you're going to be able to have that explosiveness uh, in the NBA with the Cleveland Cavaliers? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, you know, it's kind of funny. The Arizona game, I was only probably about 60%. Wow. And, uh, God willing, I was still able to uh, score 28 points. Uh, you know, I had to make a few adjustments. And, um, you know, my, my game is really based off a of change of speed, so I try to use, utilize as much as I can that game. Um, we came up short, but... I think my transition to the NBA will be a little bit easier just based on um, you know, how quick I am now. But um, you know, we'll see how it goes when I actually get there. Many people have compared your game to Chris Paul. Would you say that's accurate, or is there someone else you would compare your game to? Uh, you know, I've heard that comparison a lot. Um, you know, he is my favorite player. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be um, his competitor next year. So you know, I'm really looking forward to that. But right now I try to define my own game. Uh, you know, everyone, no one knows how to really pinpoint it because I, I don't do anything great. But, uh, you know, I do a lot of things really well. So I just try to have my own game, my own personality. What do you think about being in Cleveland? You're, you're going to Cleveland. They had a rough year last year, but they've got a great coach in Byron Scott, a good organization. You get to play with uh, Tristan Thompson, who I know you've played with previously, at least uh, coming up through some of the Nike events. What yeah. are you looking forward to with Cleveland? I'm just really looking forward to, you know, being in Cleveland and um, actually putting on my jersey. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's been a dream come true to be drafted, especially be drafted number one to a city such as Cleveland, where uh, the fanfare is great. So I'm just really looking forward to being a Cleveland Cavalier for a long time. So I see you've got a deal with Nike. What does it feel like to be part of the Nike family of athletes? They've got some impressive athletes in the stable. Oh, it's definitely a, a great opportunity to be a part of such a great brand. Um, you know, the, the way they market their players. And, you know, I really feel that it's a brand where you have to earn your earn your stripes. And, and that's what I want to do in the NBA and with the Nike brand. So uh, you know, that's why I went with them. Yeah, I was going to ask you, why did you choose Nike over the other companies? I know you've spent a lot of time playing in Nike events. You played in the Jordan Classic. You played in the Hoop Summit. And the Global Challenge is coming to Portland this week. And I know you played in that event. Was that your first exposure to international competition? Oh, uh, yeah, it actually was. That was my first experience playing against international players. And, um, you know, it was a great experience. You know, God willing, I won the MVP. And, uh, you know, that was my first true uh, event where I was around top players all the time and international players also. So it was a great experience. 
So Tristan Thompson was on the other team. He's your teammate now at the Cavs. You beat him in the Global Challenge. That was a high-scoring affair. Do you remember that game? Oh, absolutely. I remember that. Are you going to give him a hard time about that? Is that something that you guys go back and forth on, or uh, is that way in the past? Well, I've been playing against Tristan since I was um, a junior. So, you know, when I was when I transferred to St. Patrick's, uh, he was at St. Benedict's, and um, you know that was kind of my breakout game where I started getting recruiting offers. So I thanked him for that, and um, you know I thanked him for uh, allowing me to win a gold medal for USA <laughs> like a global challenge. Talk about coming up through the Nike system and playing against the best competition and, you know, the summer ball. And they've got so many great events that prepare you for the next levels that you go to. That's got to be a great experience for you. Oh, it's definitely a great experience. Uh, I feel like Nike puts puts kids who don't really get that much exposure in a position to get that exposure that, that's needed. And, um, you know, they're, they're such a great brand. The way they market their, their um, events and camps, it just makes everyone – uh, want to go to these camps, and especially if you have all the top players there all the time. And like I said, it's just great exposure, and they do a great job with it. We're joined by Kyrie Irving. He's the number one pick in the 2011 NBA draft, po- uh, guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He'll probably play point guard. Uh, Kyrie, a lot of times Nike takes their athletes on promotional trips. They go around the globe. Do you have anything planned to take any trips with Nike? Oh, uh, yeah. It's the 17th to the 22nd, I'll be in China uh, on a Nike tour with them. Uh, which will be a tremendous experience for me. Have you ever been to China? No. No, sir, I haven't. Wow. I went in 2007, and I was actually there when Kobe Bryant was there. And I'll tell you, it's an eye-opening experience. Every athlete that I've ever been over there with, um, they just are blown away by the knowledge the Chinese people have of NBA athletes and the reception that they get. And they love your apparel and everything else that you have. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to the China trip, experiencing everything I can. So talk more about the Global Challenge. Again, it's coming up this weekend, August 5th to 7th, here at uh, Hillsborough at Liberty High School. $5 gets you in to see all of the games. It's a great, great value. Um, Scouts noticed you at that game. You played against international competition. Talk about maybe the the bonding with your teammates. I see in sports now, especially in the NBA, guys really bond during these events. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, The Nike Global Challenge was another breakout um, event for me, just uh, all those scouts being there and actually seeing me for the first time and seeing me in an environment playing against international players. Uh, You know, like you said, the bond that that we shared at that event, um, you know, Josh Selby was on that team, uh, Will Barton, Trevor Cooney, uh, Roscoe Smith. I can go down the line about five other teammates that I had. And, um, you know, we kind of grew up on the AU circuit together. So, and uh, we wanted to represent the East. Uh, that was our USA team. We were USA Team East, and we represented the East Coast, and we wanted to win a gold medal for the East Coast. So it was a great bonding experience. I um, mean, you know, I got to meet all the players I don't normally see on the AU circuit. It was just a great experience. I know you're on Twitter. You're at Kyrie Irving. Thanks for the retweet for this interview yesterday. That was that was nice. But when you're over in China with Nike, are you going to be sending out some tweets, maybe some images and some updates of what you're doing over there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to document everything. Uh, you know, a lot of... The 19-year-old kids in the world don't really get to experience what I'm experiencing, so I'm definitely going to take it all in and uh, create memories. Do you ever just pinch yourself some days and say, I'm 19 years old, number one pick in the NBA draft, and you're with Nike, you're traveling to China? It seems like all your dreams are coming true. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I do have to pinch myself sometimes because sometimes I actually forget that I'm actually an, um, an NBA player. Uh, you know, being down at school, it's, it's kind of hard to remember that, just uh, – 
you know, Duke is just my comfort. It's just my comfort zone. You know, this is what I know, and you know where I get the best competition all the time. But now that I'm an NBA player, sometimes I have to remind myself that uh, you know, I am one. So I definitely have to pinch myself sometimes. Are you at Duke now, working out, or were you in the country working out? Um, I've been in North Carolina for about a month, a month and a half now, taking summer classes. So I've been down here the whole time. That's great. I mean, I guess that's one of the advantages of the lockout is you can uh, go get some summer classes in and get closer to that degree, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it gives you, you know, uh, a sense of comfortability being here with uh, you know all the new guys and uh, being here with your former teammates. It's a great experience. Other than Chris Paul, who are you most looking forward to facing in the NBA? I'm looking forward to facing everybody, uh, you know, just like they're looking forward to facing me. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to the competition every single night playing against a great point guard. Kyrie Irving, you have a bright future in the NBA. I really appreciate you taking time to join me here. Have a great day, and good luck with your trip to China. I think it's going to be wonderful. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR will be right back. Watching me like you never watched no one. Don't tell me that you didn't try and check out my bum, because I know that you did, because your friend told me that you liked it. Gave me those pearls and I thought they were ugly. Don't you try and tell me that you never loved me. I know that you did, because you said it and you wrote it down. At discos, eating cheese on toast Yeah, you make me merry, make me very, very happy But you obviously, you didn't want to stick around Dancing at discos, eating cheese on toast Yeah, you make me merry, make me very, very happy But you obviously, you didn't want to stick around So I learned from you Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio. This is Sports Business Radio. There might not be a more maligned athlete in sports in the last 12 months than LeBron James of the Miami Heat. But LeBron came to the rescue of Denver Broncos quarterback Tim Tebow this week. Tebow was criticized by analyst Merrill Hodge on SportsCenter and on Twitter. Hodge wrote, Sitting watching tape of Bronco offense from last year, Orton or Tebow, it's embarrassing to think the Broncos could win with Tebow. And he went on to be more critical of Tebow. Hodge did. 
James took to Twitter on Wednesday evening supporting Tebow and saying, Tim Tebow will succeed in the NFL. He's a hard worker, a student of the game, a natural-born leader, and most of all, a winner. It takes time, and he'll be nice. Griggs, what do you think about LeBron James coming to the rescue of Tim Tebow on Twitter? I kind of like it. It wasn't really expected. I didn't expect to see Tebow and, and LeBron backing him. I mean, it's just kind of one of those relationships I didn't think it would you'd ever see it come together. But, you know, obviously uh, Tebow uh, has a fan and then LeBron. So I think it's kind of cool. They're both Nike guys. Who knows if they've met through the Nike partnership. But, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, if anyone knows what it's like to be criticized, it's LeBron. And here he is basically saying, lay off a of Tim Tebow, give him a chance. You know, he's only in his second season. So we'll see. Hey, maybe there will be a Nike commercial that comes out of this for LeBron and Tim Tebow. <laughs> Leave us alone. Stop <laughs> criticizing us. That could happen. You never know. If the people at Wyden Kennedy are listening, I think there's a commercial there. Lots of thank yous on the show this week. Charles Barkley, Kyrie Irving, fantastic conversations with them. You can always find those conversations on our website at sportsbusinessradio.com. Our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Jared Melzer, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast every week. Click on the iTunes icon on the front page of sportsbusinessradio.com to have our show podcast downloaded to your iTunes every week. We'd appreciate it if you post a review of our podcast on iTunes as well. We've got a survey up, front page of sportsbusinessradio.com, trying to find out who listens to the show, how you find us. Fill that out. Win a chance to promote your company or brand to our global sports business radio audience. We'll have you appear on this show. Follow me on Twitter, at SB Radio. Best of Sports Business Radio next week as we take a week off, but we're back the week after. Enjoy that summer. And we'll talk to you soon. I'm Brian Berger for Brian Griggs. You've been listening to Sports Business Radio. It's the age of new media and citizen journalism. Everyone with a smartphone and a flip cam is a reporter and everything is on the record. I'm Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio, and I team with former Nike executive Lee Weinstein to form media training company Everything is on the Record. With a combined 40 years of experience dealing with the media and helping our clients craft authentic messages, we'll help you navigate the tricky media landscape that exists today. Everything is on the record has provided media training to pro and college athletes, coaches and executives, as well as to government leaders and CEOs. We'll teach you how to break through the clutter with your messages and we'll also assist you when you find yourself in crises. It's time for an innovative new approach to media training that best fits the world we live in today. For more information about Everything is on the Record, visit us online at everythingisontherecord.com. Contact us today to learn more about our innovative approach to media training and how we can meet your specific needs. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at everythingisontherecord.com.